Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, you're on Inverse, and my name is Justin Kim. I want to welcome each one of you to this podcast, to this videocast, to this program, and I also want to welcome to the team, to the panel, we have Siku, Kelly, and Israel. Hi. And uh, hey guys. Hi. Yeah, we have our cool headphones on, yeah. we got these cool microphones ahead of us, and we got this cool set, and we have the cool you guys out there, and we want to ask that you bring out your cool Bible, I'll stop saying the word cool, to bring your Bibles out, and we'll have a Bible study, especially on this topic uh, that we've been talking about. Uh, we had part one last week, the last episode, and now we're in part two of the mark of the beast and the seal of God. I just imagine some kind of, you know, musical. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Uh, it's a big, 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 big topic. So if you haven't already, we are asking that you download these Bible study guides um, at inversebible.org, or you can also get the app. If you type in on your Apple or your Android platforms, type in Sabbath School, and you can get the app that's created by Advent Tech, and it's a great digital version. And you can also watch the back episodes on hopetv.org slash inverse. So let's have a word of prayer, and we'll get started. And Kelly, uh, how's it going? Good. How are you? Pretty good. 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 <laughs> Let's pray. Okay. Uh, because this is, uh, uh, we did part one and asking the Lord to help us with part two. All right. Let's do that. Father in heaven, we are grateful that you desire to bring clarity to our minds mm. and you desire to make these things um, a peaceful topic to us. You desire to um, reveal Christ to us. Mm -hmm. And so I pray that you would open our eyes, that we may behold wondrous things from your word that though we don't have all the time in this episode, that you would still guide our conversation, that it would be a blessing to us, a blessing to all who listen, and it would be exactly what we need to study today. It would be exactly what we need to hear from you. And we'd walk away more convinced of your love, more confident to stand in the righteousness of Christ, and just having a better awareness of your truth of right now and what's to come. Guide us even to this end is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks, Kelly. Mm -hmm. Sigu, can you read? Uh, and we're in Revelation 14. Uh, we've been looking at the three angels' messages, and we've looked at the first angel. We looked at aspects of the second angel, and we looked at kind of the third angel's message uh, last week. But we're going to actually read the text, verse 9 through 11, please. All right. Verse 9, Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or, in his, or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. Great, thanks. So guys, I want to start off with this discussion. Uh, we talked about prophecy, and there's, there's some people who just love prophecy. They love getting into the nitty-gritty, and they're like, ooh, beasts, and all numbers, and, and then doing calculations. <laughs> and then there's others that are like, ooh, that's, that's so not Jesus-oriented. Um, and today, we're going to get into some of the numbers, and that's kind of the nature of prophecy, but but how can we help people, or, or maybe somebody, to be honest, myself, like, 
okay, prophecy. It's like, it's like when you're exercising and there's those exercises that you like to do and then there's exercises that you don't like to do. Like, all right, it's a leg day. Okay, you got, you got to pump yourself up and then, and then you can like, you know, punch, punch out your, your legs. Squats. <laughs> Squats or whatever it is. Um, it's kind of like that, yeah? How do we, how do we find that, that, that sweet spot, that love the, to motivate for, for us, for prophecy? Ezra? What I like about the book of Revelation, it, it's, it's a companion book to the book of Daniel. Mm. And a few, uh, a few seasons ago, we did, a, a, story, or we did a, a series on the book of Daniel. And what I enjoyed about that series, specifically that actually spills over into this, we looked at the, the book of Daniel. And when you look at the, the prophecies in the book of Daniel, they kind of go along with stories. It's a book of prophecy and story, prophecy mm. and story, prophecy and story. Mm -hmm. And what... What I walked away from uh, from that season was something that has been pretty much impacted me from then on, and that is that the purpose of prophecy is to impact everyday living. Mm. You know, the purpose of prophecy is to give warning, to give direction, to give uh, whatever instruction. But all of that instruction is in order to help us today, mm. right? And the whole purpose of prophecy is. It gives us confidence in who God is. He knows the end from the beginning. We can mm -hmm. trust Him. Mm -hmm. It comes through forms of warning. Now is a time to prepare for a future test. Mm -hmm. All of these different things, are, are these prophecies, are designed to help us today to be ready for when Christ comes. And so when you think about it within that context, it, it, it opens our eyes to the fact that warnings are actually an expression of love. Mm -hmm. right? And if prophecies are warnings, then they themselves are an expression of God's love. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'd add to that too, like, it, although it's a lot easier, as I think Israel's saying too, in Daniel to see more of the devotional lessons, because there's, yeah, it goes back and forth with the narrative. There are devotional lessons in Revelation. Mm. It's not just like, this is gonna happen, just FYI, that's the whole point. Mm -hmm. um, there are practical and devotional lessons, and I think it's important to pause to draw those out as we're studying and not just be like, oh, good to know, that's the date. We need to sit and stay with the Word of God like we do yes. in the book of John and Psalms. Like yes. Revelation isn't relegated and or the, any less inspired just because it has numbers and dates and things like that in it. Yes. And so we need to sit and find those devotional lessons. And the second is something we've talked a lot about, and that is the reframing of judgment is an overarching devotional lesson in and yes. of itself. Yes. And so when we have that knowledge, even when we are thinking of the dates, like, wow, this is what Jesus is, is pushing us towards. And I think that helps me a lot, find a lot of comfort and practical encouragement and drawn towards Jesus's love. All, all that stuff is kind of really understood, isn't it? It's really yeah. in the background, it's assumed, it's mm -hmm. the presupposition. And then we go into the harder, quote, harder aspects. Uh, sometimes in our enthusiasm of only talking about the harder aspects, we forget about that a lot of this is assumed, that the author of Revelation is the same author like, of the Gospel you know of John. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Gospel of John is like everyone's like favorite uh, gospel. It's about love, first, second, and third John, about like love, 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 love. And then Revelation is like, you know, beast of beasts are numbers. And it's yeah. the same, same, same framework person. we're coming from. Mm -hmm. uh, and point. the two are, 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 are needed. Mm -hmm. And based on the same premise, I was going to say that just you know that's spot on. Like with with the Book of John, we think of that as we would think of the Book of John as the revelation of Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. whereas the one who wrote the books says that the Book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Mm. 
in that he is giving this revelation and reading it reveals something about the one who's giving the revelation. Mm -hmm. We talked about, you know, conceptually that creation comes out of God and because it comes out of him, it, it tells us something about him. Mm -hmm. And this coming from Jesus, like this is information that he wants us to know. So if we would, I guess, uh, I guess train our minds, <laughs> you know, from the beginning, of, from the outset, to be like, this is some information that Jesus believes is important for me, mm -hmm. then this actually is all about Jesus because okay. it's coming straight from Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's not separate from him, which is an important thing for me because this was always a scary book for me growing up. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, but seeing it, seeing it as information that is coming from Jesus that is important for me to know, reframe, I, it changes my perspective and how I'm approaching the book mm -hmm. um, to make me more receptive to mm -hmm. it. And, and for me, it was also a scary book, but when I realized that this, this isn't God that's causing this to happen, but He's giving us a future warning and prophecy, as, as I was mm -hmm. mentioning, that this is going to happen, so know that it's going to happen. Prepare yourself in that sense. And so, yeah, let's go to chapter 13, and we talked about last week that there are the three, the three beasts, uh, three, not three beasts, but the three entities. You have the dragon, you have the sea beast, and then you have the land beast, the earth beast, and they're all coming together, and there's union, and um, Siku, um, guide us through what's going on. There's, there's a lot of numbers here and a lot of prophecy elements. Can you give us kind of a quick overview on some of these things? And then for, we really encourage you, we don't have the time to get into all these things, but uh, to go to, as I mentioned, the three cosmic messages on inversebible.org and then get, in, get into it. Like, and I remember when I was in college and getting into it, because I wanted to get into prophecy more than I wanted to get into organic chemistry because it was a lot more fun and a lot more. That's fair. Um, in some ways easier, uh, that I just, I just, once I got into it, and you see the perspectives, it's just, once you become a prophecy guru, junkie, if I can use that word, uh, that you get, you get really into it, and you start seeing more aspects. But um, Siku, can you gonna give us an overview, and then, and then uh, Israel can help afterwards. Okay, I guess flyover-wise, um, we have, it, the book of Revelation, Israel already mentioned Daniel, right? That yep. you have these books of prophecy, and the Bible does this thing called like repeat and enlarge. You mm. repeat, you have a story and then it's kind of repeated and you get more details the next time. And sometimes it'll zero, uh, narrow down and focus on a part of it and enlarge that portion of it for your mm -hmm. understanding. And so Daniel and Revelation have that kind of going on between them mm -hmm. where when you're reading the book of Revelation, you hear echoes to the book of Daniel. And in chapter 13 in particular, you hear echoes to like Daniel chapter seven, mm. um, where you, you have a picture that's already portrayed, and then in Revelation chapter 13, it gives you more information about what was introduced in Daniel 7. Um, so some elements that you'll see, you'll see like a repetition of, uh, I guess, uh, characteristics of the beast mentioned in Daniel chapter 7. You see like a repetition of those characteristics that are mentioned, you know, in Revelation 13. You have time period that's like repeated from Daniel chapter 7 and you have a repetition of it in, in Daniel chapter, in Revelation 13. Mm -hmm. And so it points you to understanding Revelation 13 has a lot to do with understanding Daniel chapter 7. It helps us to understand what's going on in Revelation 13. I'll hand over to you, Israel. Yeah, <laughs> I think what when you look at the characteristics that are found in Revelation chapter 13, it gives specific identifying marks of what this power, when we think about beasts, we, the beasts have like this, you know, uh, weird connotation that we think about, but they're essentially just animals that kind of represent the nation, right? Like mm -hmm. we talked about the bald eagle representing the United States, et cetera, et cetera. So this beast that is found in Revelation chapter 13 has different identifying marks. Beginning with verse five, it says, it speaks great things and blasphemies. 
it has given authority to continue for 42 months. It talks about a time period in which it would it would uh, have power. It says it opens its mouth. It opens its mouth and blasphemies against God to blaspheme His name, His tabernacle, those who dwell in heaven. And it was granted him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. Uh, and then you finally have verse 8, all who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life. When you look at the different characteristics that are given, the timeline that is given, uh, scholars for many, many years, and, I'm, and I also believe this, it's referencing specifically the Catholic Church and its power. Mm. Um, it ruled for a certain day as a state church. Right now, well, it still rules as a state church. It still has a, a mixture of church and state that are aligned to it, which goes against scripture. And it, in, in many different ways, when the Bible talks about blasphemy, it's talking about taking the place of God. Mm -hmm. And so the Pope is someone, you know, who takes the place of God on earth. That's when it talks about uh, blasphemy. And other times it talks about, it, or in the book of Daniel, it talks about changing times and laws, the Lord's uh, law changing the, the day from Sabbath worship to Sunday worship. And so when you look at the characteristics of both Daniel and Revelation, when you look at the timeline in which the, the power existed, it points to many scholars believe the Catholic Church. Yeah, in chapter 13, verse 5, you see in Revelation 13, 5, he was given a mouth speaking great things and mm -hmm. blasphemies. He was given authority to continue to 42 months. It's pretty mind-blowing when I found out that 42 months is the same thing as the 1,260 days. days, which alludes to years. And then the, uh, the uh, what's the other one? 42, 42 months. Is that what? Yeah, 42 yeah. months, years, and days. They're all at the same time period that it talks about when the, as you mentioned, the, the, the Catholic Church, and say specifically the Roman Catholic Church as a remnant from the Roman Empire, uh, had, had assumed power in 538 all the way up to 17, uh, was it 1798? Um, you see this domination that, that the Roman Catholic Church had, and you see all these other churches in the wake of this mother church following her and doing the same thing, and all these abuses of religion, and all these uh, deceptions that are happening that, that they stay, stayed away from the Bible and they did other, you know, uh, adopted the local customs of the people and whatnot. Um, so God is, has, some, has some harsh things to say to about this system. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this, is, this is kind of a difficult thing to communicate. Yeah, uh, the Adventist Church, who takes its cue from Revelation, from the Bible, has been tasked with this responsibility. Um, what are what are some of the dangers? What are some ways that we've done it wrong? And what are some ways that we can do it right? I mean, we're we just said right now on the air, but it's it's kind of a it's a nuanced thing because the third angel is pretty sharp about this, mm -hmm. and that's yeah. why. Uh, there, there are some some who have manifested a very bad attitude, and and, and so what, let's 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 kind of it's a sensitive topic, but I want to just kind of yeah. yeah. hit it. Uh, Seeker yeah. and then Kelly yeah. and then Israel's nodding. Okay. Israel. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I remember when I was in college, um, my roommate uh, had a, a problem with me keeping mm. Sabbath, mm. and it was it was. Um, it was perplexing because I'm like, we're good friends otherwise, but when it would come time for Sabbath, um, there, was, there was a friction between us. And over time, eventually, I came to find out that in her home country, she had interacted with um, Seventh-day Adventists who had told her that, you know, you are the beast, mm. you know, and, and it just left such a bad taste in her mouth, 
you know, about Seventh-day Adventists. Like, she's like, so you think that you're better than me, mm -hmm. you know? So outside of our normal interaction, like we were cool, but when it would come to, especially when it came to me keeping Sabbath, um, and you know, your roommates, you have to like negotiate that space. It was really challenging. Mm -hmm. uh, you asked about some ways that we've done it poorly. Um, that's, that's the first story that comes to my mind, and it just creates this huge barrier unnecessarily, you know? Mm -hmm. and. Um, over time as we've, you know, we have maintained our friendship over the years and um, I have tried to explain and I think we're at peace now. We're at a place of peace where she actually keeps Sabbath now. Mm. She's not Seventh-day Adventist, but she keeps Sabbath. Mm. Um, but getting to a place where it was like, no, it, it was presented. I'm not sure exactly how it was presented, but however it was presented left her feeling like it was a personal attack. Mm. And she's one of the most faithful people, like, you know, committed to, committed to God, you know, um, very diligent in her faith. Um, and it, was a, it, w it took years now of undoing that negative feeling of like, you guys are condemning me, mm -hmm. whereas it wasn't about that, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would just agree that I think we've had similar. I was just surprised yeah. we've had similar response. Yeah, yeah. The ways we've done it bad in the past is we've made this, um, and we as Seventh Day Adventists have made this a theology of anti-Catholic, mm -hmm. of all Catholics are evil. All Catholics know this. They are the Catholics as individuals are the Antichrist, and it's mm -hmm. like, um, no, <laughs> mm -hmm. that's not what it is. So yeah, and Siku's example is 3D. And I would say uh, a different, I'd say a, a better maybe way of going about it by God's grace is I gave Bible studies to somebody who grew up Catholic a few years ago and I was terrified <laughs> to give her this Bible study. I gave her every other Bible study, like, like fringe, like niche, like, do I have to study the Bible in this? I don't know, I'm gonna choose anything besides this. And she even asked, she's like, but like, I've always wondered about, you know, Revelation 13, 14, I'm like, we'll get there eventually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was just so scared <laughs> to tell her. And so eventually I was like really convicted. I'm like, okay, well, she's been asking, I have to tell her. But the way I, way I did it is we just went through and um, we just talked about all the different um, attributes and we just wrote them down. Like, okay, this is attribute, this is attribute, this is attribute. I'm like, okay, can you think of any institution, you know, that matches all of that? anything come to mind? And I'm like, Jesus, can you please tell her? I don't want to tell her. <laughs> and the Lord had mercy on me. <laughs> and she was like, oh, I see why you didn't want to tell me. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. She was like, that makes sense though. Yeah, that's fair. And I was like, oh, we're, she's like, yeah, I see it. I'm like, okay, well, good talk. All right, <laughs> cool. See you later, We're on buddy. the same page. <laughs> and she was like, I don't know why you're so scared. I mean, it's valid. <laughs> so. You know, sometimes I don't think I needed to be as scared as I was, but even in that way, like just showing, it's just, I, I'm not the one who said it. Like this isn't, this isn't a me thing. It's just the Bible and you don't have to be as scared as I was about it. But when you show that it's, it's not a personal person thing, it's a abuse, it's an institutional abuse of what God entrusted to humanity. And then they hijacked it and used it to do the exact opposite of what he asked of them. Like that, that's really what it's about. Um, but yeah, when we make it a superiority complex, we're essentially doing what the children of Israel did in Jesus's time of like, I'm better than you because I'm a Pharisee. And Jesus is like, that's literally what I asked you not to do. 
<laughs> I, I find like that fear is in a lot of Adventists, perhaps mm -hmm. because we've grown up with that kind of pressure or yeah. that kind of whatnot. And then I've, I grew up in the Catholic education system. And then just like you, when, when you present the, the, the biblical data as mm -hmm. it is, the, a lot of times they come to that conclusion themselves because yeah. it's it is and whether they're Catholic or not I mean mm -hmm. it's kind of like it's pretty it, it points it's, like, oh, um, yeah. it's a pretty pretty <laughs> obvious uh, uh, answer and that's one other thing I'd like to say parenthetically too is just in general about Daniel Revelation and prophecy one of the biggest realizations I had personally is I had the opposite imp impression of prophecy of Revelation it was like <laughs> and shroud in darkness, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But until I just read the book of Revelation, I mean, it literally says things like, and the horns were kings, and the beasts were kingdoms. <laughs> like, it's not like, how do we know? It's like, no, it, it says it, there's, yeah. there's verses. And so I think a lot of times prophecy, we're afraid of it because we just haven't taken the time to read it for ourselves slowly yeah. and take notes and just, read it so yeah. and Daniel too and Daniel as well yeah and, and the whole Bible yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly but it's a right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> just prophecy in general so I, th I think it's really important just to do that especially if we've been if we've been hurt by it or scared of it just take the time to read Daniel and Revelation and the verses your concordance you know references to just just take time to read it for yourself you know I, I appreciated uh, Siku's earlier comments is the revelation of Jesus Christ and before we get to Revelation 13, there's Revelation 1, 2, 3. It talks about Jesus being in the midst of the churches. It talks about him being very connected to his people. These things are important because prophecy is not separated from the, it's not separate from the rest of scripture, you know? And that's, I think, the problem that we face many times as mm -hmm. Christians is that yeah. we compartmentalize religion mm -hmm. instead of taking it as a whole. To me, Bible prophecy, especially Revelation 13, when it points out the sins of a specific group of people or of, of a specific system, I should say, religious system. This is not ungodlike. Like God is consistent throughout scripture and throughout history. He always does that. Mm -hmm. He always warns people of danger ahead. Mm -hmm. And the reason why he warns is because he wants to save us. And so mm -hmm. when we take into consideration the fact that this is not something that God is doing uniquely where he's blasting the Catholic Church or the Catholic system, he blasts us too, you know? Mm -hmm. sure he blasts us when we are in sin, when we are, uh, when we are using right. his name and leading people astray. That's right. Because this is very important to him. So I think that's something that's important for us to mention as well. Like everybody here, I have Catholic connections. I probably have the most Catholic connections. <laughs> My uncle's a priest. Oh, yeah. Good guy, right? <laughs> Love do. him. And, and to me, whenever I understood uh, scripture and Bible prophecy, I, I didn't have that kind of tension because I've known my uncle to be a good man, a committed mm -hmm. person, you know, and, and so I think when we, when, we, when we separate or compartmentalize scripture, the prophecies here at this level, the gospels are here at this level, you know, Pauline epistles are at this level, we're gonna put Moses at this level, then I think we get into, into trouble. I think it's also important for us to really think about why God is so upset at this system of religion, right. mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. because it is deadly in nature. First of all, it is Sabbath that reminds us, and we talked about this last mm -hmm. week, it is Sabbath that reminds us about the fact that God is our creator. Mm -hmm. If you eliminate God as the creator, you get yourself into a lot of trouble because it is at creation that God establishes himself as 
the 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 uh, the God of love, right? So you eliminate that, and 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 that creates some big problems for us. You also have the element of force. Here you have a system of religion that is forcing morality, right? And and when you're doing when you're forcing morality, you are essentially undoing the very nature of the gospel, which is to empower the individual to do right instead of forcing an individual that can't do right to do right. And so you have now this element of force. You have the element of forgiveness of sins and, and how it is that a person is saved. God saves us because of his grace and through faith, whereas through the system of religion, we have the foundation that we can save ourselves through our own works. And so you have all of these different things that are tied to the system. And as you dig deep into this system and into the implications of what Revelation and Daniel are telling us, you realize this is very, very deadly stuff uh, and this is and and it, and and it and it actually mars the character of God, mm -hmm. and so this is why God is very uh, forceful and uses an angel with a loud voice to communicate these things to His people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, 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 we did talk about the Sabbath, but I just want to reiterate that the Sabbath is the the final test. Uh, that the scripture talks about because this, we have the seal of God, we have the mark of the beast, the similar, similar seal mark motif, but it's the fourth commandment that has the name of God, it has the title of God, it has the territory of God. Uh, but that being said, this mark of the beast factor doesn't come into play now, mm -hmm. right? We see in chapter 13, verse 15, he was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, and the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many and would not worship an Im image to be killed. So once there is a death decree, mm -hmm. uh, and this is kind of what prophecy is saying, hey, you need to worship, the beast is saying, you need to worship my way on my day, and there will be uh, people who say, no, we're not going to worship your way. You're going to worship God's way. Mm -hmm. And that's when the mark of the beast and the seal of God start taking place. So just by going to church on a Sunday or a church Saturday now is not an indicator of whether you follow this beast or whether you're not, right? Mm -hmm. Sitting on a pew at a certain time of the day is not an indication mm -hmm. of how faithful you are. Yeah. But what the death decree comes out is that's when like, whoa, this just got serious. How do I, and, 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 and uh, I forget where it is in the verse, and I, maybe I shouldn't do this, but is that you f don't fear that which can destroy your body, but that which can destroy your, your, your soul. Right? And so this is where Revelation 14, the third angel is saying, the beast can just kill your body. But the 14 is saying, hey, if you choose the wrong side, hey, you won't cease to exist at all. I mean, this is a, a deeper uh, black or white question. Mm -hmm. um, we, have, um, we have two minutes on the clock here, and I want to ask you, well, I want to ask you, how have um, you embraced uh, the concepts of the seal of God now. How can we don't receive it now in a sense, in its fullest sense? Mm -hmm. But how do we get it? How do we ensure that we're living and preparing for that? And and uh, and yeah. Well, the choices that we make now will impact us later. You know, it's like <clears throat> a person cannot say to him, themselves, you know, I'm going to act a certain way, and then, you know, on when a, time comes, I'll yeah, just switch gonna, over. Right. So that doesn't work. And so the reason why we have time, the reason why we have prophecy, is now is the time to follow all the light that we know, mm. to follow God as closely as we know to follow Him. Mm. And so what I do now will ultimately be the preparation that will help me in the test to come. I can't do something that is completely contrary to mm. what I'm being asked to do and expect to do it then. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was going to say too, I, I've been thinking about running a marathon um, 
and you don't start running a marathon without any preparation, mm. right? Um, so the preparation is not necessarily going to church on Saturday, but the preparation is the relationship with mm. God, right? Very good point. Because there are people who may be going to church on the wrong day from a lack of knowledge or yes. whatever, but that relationship with God, that commitment to following whatever He says, whatever mm. He reveals yeah. to me, as He reveals it to me, that that surpasses, you know, what day I'm worshiping on right now, mm. and that heart commitment is what I'm striving for in my life. Yeah, uh, Revelation 18 verses one through four talk about my people. And that's what we're trying to get at. Whether you're Catholic or Adventist, there are God's people are in all folds, but there are those who obey God's word once he calls for his people to stand up at the right time. So if that's my prayer, I wanna be part of that number and to sing that hymn. Hopefully that's your prayer as well. We'll see you here next week on Inverse as we continue to talk about the three angels' messages. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, this is inverse.